Hi there, this is Cindy Tonkin. I'm the Consultants Consultant. I work with data science teams, helping them work even smarter, faster and nicer. If you're brilliant and you want to be even better, this is the podcast for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have with me the amazing Jeremy Corby. We met, what, six months ago? Yeah, I think, yeah. You were only new to Australia then. Mm, I arrived two years ago. Two years ago, right? okay, there you go. So, but yeah. we met here, I'm, uh, we're at the WeWork offices in Martin Place in yeah, Sydney absolutely. today, mm-hmm. and Jeremy came and we talked all about things data. Uh, Jeremy, well, tell, t- would you tell my amazing listeners <laughs> about who you are, Jeremy? Yeah, so I'm... Jeremy Corbett, I come from France. Um, I'm a recruiter here. I used to recruit uh, in the financial space back in Europe. But um, two years ago, I decided to come to Australia. And um, over the last two years, it's been kind of um, an amazing challenge for me because I didn't know anything about Australia. Um, I had to learn everything, basically, about (laughs) an industry because I didn't know anything about the data industry, which is the industry I focus on. Um, And I didn't know much about the Australian market, about the Australian law in terms of employment. Um, So I had to learn everything from scratch, which is a good challenge. I love it. Um, And I have been enjoying it for about two years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And your background is engineering, is it? No, my background is actually in business. So I went to a business school in France. I studied entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and a bit of finance as well um, but yeah my my core focus was entrepreneurship mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cool excellent so let's start with the first question how do you work smarter what are your personal habits and routines that allow you to work smarter because your job is you know it's complex yeah this job can keep you busy, like very busy. Um, The recruitment industry is huge. Um, In Australia, it's huge and diverse. Australia is a great market. Unemployment rate is very low. If you compare to France or Belgium, which are countries that I know Mm -hmm. and I've worked in. um, What's the difference in percentage do you know offhand? I reckon in Sydney, the unemployment rate is about 4%. In France, it's about 10% and it's been 10% over the last 30 years. Wow. So it's quite a very very different different market, market, definitely. Um, So different approach. As I said at the beginning, I learned a lot because you have to adapt to a different context, Mm -hmm. to a different Mm -hmm. uh, market and industry. Um, So yeah, as I said, it's huge, diverse, full of opportunities, Mm -hmm. Um, but you can get lost. As a recruiter, especially when you come from overseas, you can definitely get lost. So to approach this market and get outcome of your work, I think you you need to think about working smarter, Mm -hmm. um, especially to beat the competition, because in Australia, recruitment is big. Mm -hmm. There are lots of recruiters. I heard when I started interviewing two years ago, I heard that... Sydney is apparently the second biggest um, market in terms of recruitment, but in terms of competition, the most competitive. 
second most competitive market in the world after London. So that's for the good. That's good for the people who are being recruited. Like recruits Absolutely. will be hunted. But yeah, you need to be careful as a candidate or even as a client mm -hmm. because it's kind of a jungle. Yeah. There are a lot of recruiters, different recruiters, and like it's like in every industry, in every market, you need to pick up the, the right recruiter you want mm -hmm. to build so a partnership with. Why do why should candidates come to you? Why should clients come to you? What do you do that's different? Yeah, so I think one of my key focuses is to specialize in and pick up niche areas, niche technologies mm -hmm. in the market. You, as I said, in recruitment you can get lost, you can chase opportunities that are not going to pay off, you can, yeah, and mm. my idea is that I'm just focusing on a couple of niche technologies mm -hmm. where there is a demand. Mm -hmm. So there are clients, but there is also a skill shortage, which means that my clients or potential clients are struggling to recruit these skill set. Right. So that's how I build my portfolio of clients mm -hmm. and my network of candidates. Um, I'm, I could also like look at the biggest markets here, the biggest technologies here, but that's also where you find the biggest competition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as I said, like... So, so your niche is what? What's your niche so specifically? If you look at data, I work across the backend and the front-end, mm -hmm. which means like traditional data warehousing, data lakes, um, big data pipelines, mm -hmm. so technologies such as Spark, um, Python, mm -hmm. cloud technologies as well, mm -hmm. AWS, GCP, um, but also front-end, so visualization stuff such as Power BI, ClickView, mm -hmm. um, and Tableau. So mm -hmm. that's, that's how I see the market and what I've decided to do is to pick up these technologies. So I've been focusing over the last five months on Google Cloud because mm -hmm. it's picking up mm -hmm. and it's growing a lot. They've decided to invest a lot in Australia, so this market is booming. I can see mm -hmm. more and more projects in that space. Um, yeah, and that's kind of interesting for me. Mm -hmm. That's what I like doing, and I think that's where I can build a network easier. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's how I can get value for mm -hmm. my clients. I can provide value to my clients. Beautiful. And... and that's what clients are asking for, right? What are candidates looking for, in your opinion? What have you found that people are looking for? Or do they, do you, yeah. is that a dumb question? No, actually, uh, it's an interesting question because like, I've been through many situations and uh, over the last couple of years, I've learned a, a lot in recruitment and in relationships with mm -hmm. candidates as well as clients. But on the candidate side of things, I think one of the key things is quite basic, but it's a rule of thumb, which is transparency. Right. You cannot play with candidates. We're talking about their next job, so you cannot play with people's life. I yeah. mean, to me, like I've seen so many recruiters over-promising, yeah. but it's useless because at the end of the day, you know that you're going to go through 
a long interview process and you're going to waste people's time because you're going to have a surprise at the end of the process where the candidate is not going to be happy with the salary, for instance, or he's not going to be happy with the job itself. Yes, so you want to be as upfront as possible. I mean, yeah. part of the thing that that's, I find curious around uh, the recruitment process and that most people seem to not be aware of as candidates is someone's always going to lose because if you're down to the last two, someone's got to lose. They've got to not get the job so that the other person can get the job. Yeah. And mm-hmm. people are kind of like, I'm, I'm down to the last interview. I'm the last. I'm the second last. Yeah, but you could be second not first mm-hmm. and therefore not yeah. and there's a lot of sorrow I think that Absolutely. people don't anticipate that there is a lose. lot of frustration mm. um, on every side it can be the client side candidate side or my side as well yeah, yeah. and I'm the middleman so I'm in the middle of this uh, emotional mm-hmm. challenge mm-hmm. definitely because <laughs> you're kind of the broker of both making trying to make the candidate happy and also keep the client happy and you can't do one without the other yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely definitely and you can i think one key things uh, one of the key things in recruitment is to deal with um, expectations mm-hmm. so managing people's expectations on every side mm-hmm. um, because yeah as i said you can over promise mm-hmm. but it's not going to work and you have also to make people aware of what can happen next. Um, yeah, that's that's a key challenge. And another thing is um, the motivations. To answer your, your first question, mm. I think as, um, as a recruiter, if I want my candidate to come to me, um, I need to understand them and mm. I need to understand their motivations, why they are looking for a new job, mm-hmm. what will they be looking for in their next opportunity, mm-hmm. what matters to them, what they don't want in an opportunity, mm-hmm. these kind of things, because you can push a candidate in a job, but I think at the end of the day, it's not going to pay off on the long term. Yeah. Because I could potentially play someone for six months, and, and then after six months, these candidates will realize, oh, this is not a job yeah, for me. It's not got the life and balance or it's not got the yeah. challenge or it's not got the opportunity to play or yeah, whatever definitely. the thing is. So what are the kinds of things that candidates want that, that help them help you place them because they have that thing? What are the what are, is it is it stuff like curiosity? Is it life balance? Is it what what do people ask for? Yeah, it's a mix. Uh, it's uh, an equation that you have to, to find. Mm. Like it's a so I'm, we are talking about a tech market. Which means the first thing would be around the technology because there are some people working on traditional data warehousing, some other people are willing to go towards big data, data science, Mm -hmm. which by the way is one of the most like sexiest job Absolutely. in Australia. Data science, um, decision science, yeah. analytical professionals. Yeah. Maybe you want to call them, yes, it's yeah, the new black. So yeah, that's part of their motivation. So looking at the technologies that they want to learn, the technology that they want to uh, skill up, um, but all their motivations can be around the work-life balance, um, work flexibility, if you want to work from home, um, yeah, all these kind of parameters. But at the end of the day, I think one of the most important things is the work environment and the challenge that a company can offer mm-hmm. because like 
people generally yeah it's like I'm talking very generally yeah, but of course, yeah. people are much more attracted by the challenge and are happy to work harder yes. if the challenge is here yes rather than just going to work every day and not enjoying it but having a better work-life balance yeah I see in the market that people are interested in tech learning new technologies um, and in yeah getting involved in challenging projects mm. is there anything that you know people hate like do you get people consistently saying I definitely don't want something that blank that's a good question yeah. um, what are the things we are avoiding that is a very good question. Um, Sorry, uh, Jeremy has actually uh, done a lot of preparation, so he's actually got notes, and I've just asked him a question that isn't his prep. Do you want me to come back to that towards the end as you think it through? Yeah, we, we can yeah. definitely um, come, back this, we'll come back to that. To yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, what about in terms of your lessons you've learned or...? Yeah, in terms of the lessons that I've learned, um, yeah, as I said, this recruitment industry keeps you busy, is huge, you can get lost, mm -hmm. and um, you have to be, I think, resilient and get mm -hmm. the right discipline so how do for you do this that? job um, to be successful, obviously. Mm -hmm. So what I do myself is, it's all about the routines that I've got, um, and I think it helps me to go through tough times and get more outcome. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, like in the morning, the things like I'm I'm not a morning person, so mm -hmm. it, for me it's Maybe. very it's very hard to to be fully awake. Mm -hmm. um, so I ha at some point I realized that I needed to work on that. So every day I ride my bike uh -huh. to go to work, uh -huh. uh, which helps me definitely to. To be awake. Mm -hmm. um, so you ride to, from home to work? Yeah, it's about 12 kilometers. Okay. Yeah, so Fair it's enough. a 30 minute commute. And and then at work, I'm having a cold shower. <laughs> okay, at the, yeah. at, the, at the end of trip facilities, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's so good. And and then I just start my day and I'm like. And that makes it wakes your brain, doesn't to, to, it? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely set up to to start my day mm -hmm. yeah and to engage because yeah engagement is so important and do you spend a lot of time kind of schmoozing do you go to networking events do you go to what do you do yeah, yeah actually yeah that's that's one of the best ways to um to build your network meeting people in person that's such a great way you mm -hmm. understand like better the work environment, the, like what's happening in the market, technology-wise um, and project-wise. So definitely, that's something I, I do a lot. So, are there particular events that you like? Um, I like meetups. So oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, what I do is picking up some technology events. So let's mm -hmm. say um, Google. So there is a meetup on Google. So I'll go there. Mm -hmm. uh, Microsoft Azure or yeah, any type of technology event. And mm -hmm. yeah, just go there and meet people. Mm -hmm. Cool. And how many, how many of those? Because I mean, it's your job to, sh to kind of find that. So uh, 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 let's say a normal data, data analyst wouldn't necessarily be doing that. And a manager of data analysts might be doing this kind of thing just keep, to keep up with what's new. How many times a week do you go to some kind of networking thing, like a meetup? Yeah, it really depends. But I'd say I'd 
I would go to about two meetups a month. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it's such a good way to to meet people, as I said. Mm. But the thing is that um, I have to pick up like the technology still, like the technologies that I want to focus on because yeah. you can go and meet the entire world. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but you like, you're shop, gonna yeah. waste your time at the end. You don't of want to scatter again. Mm. You actually want a laser focus to kind of go. These are the ones. It's still interesting because you learn a lot, but mm -hmm. like you need to focus on what brings return on investment mm. as well. Mm. Another thing I wanted to um, to to discuss about. Um, and to answer your question about mm -hmm. um, the lessons that I've learned, mm -hmm. um, one of them is accepting failure. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about that. I think, <laughs> I think that's something so crucial because it is a sales job. Yeah. So in sales jobs, you've got ups and downs mm -hmm. and you have to go through that. And you're going to fall. And that's when you, when you are going to fall that you're going to learn. Mm -hmm. You're going to reach your limits, you're going to know what limits you have then, mm -hmm. and therefore you're going to learn how to overcome your limits. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, to me, that's a cycle to achievement. That's how I overcome all the difficulties. I push harder and harder. And then being resilient, as I said before, helps me to mm -hmm. get outcome and mm -hmm. be performant. Mm, mm. Totally, absolutely. That's a good lesson to learn. It's a it's a life lesson, isn't it? It's not just about your career. No, it's not. A, yeah, it's not just about your job. It's mm. also about your personal life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You must see hundreds of candidates who have failed in one career and started a new one, or who failed in one job and gotten a new one. What's um? What are you seeing in terms of what do people get over? Like what are the kinds of failures that people can get over that you've seen mm. them, you know, recover from? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Some people, they go one way and just realize that it was not the right way for them. Mm -hmm. They don't like their job and they want just to change. And I, myself, I did that. I used to have a restaurant. I mean, All right. I, I okay. used to run two restaurants mm -hmm. back in France. Uh, catering service as well so it was a very interesting business mm -hmm. with a lot of challenge but it didn't match my um, life expectations because I had to I wanted to move mm -hmm. I wanted to discover the world to go mm -hmm. overseas and with this business I was just tight uh, to mm -hmm. this business and mm -hmm. I couldn't move so I decided to to sell this business and start fresh a new adventure and that's how I ended up in recruitment right yeah yeah, yeah. I was looking for a job and I met recruiters yeah and, and one of them your job looks good <laughs> yeah actually one of them yeah they, they were saying oh why don't you become a recruiter for us I was like that's a good idea and that's how I ended up uh, working yeah. in recruitment yeah wow. uh, and that was in France or in Belgium that was in Belgium yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, to answer your question, I totally understand this kind of um, career. I mean... Kind of reinvention, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, everyone makes mistakes and that's totally normal. Obviously, when you've got a client in front of you and 
this client is working on a project, they are looking for the unicorn all the time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, how yeah, it works. Yeah, absolutely. So they are looking for the perfect CV with the perfect background. But we are humans and we make mistakes and we make changes in our career. So this is something that we have to understand. And I mean, lots of people understand that definitely. I have recently placed someone, she was working in uh, UX UI design mm -hmm. and she recently changed her career to data. So okay. she studied, beside her job in UX UI, she studied data, mm -hmm. she did a master's degree in data and yeah, she passed it. Then she started working on a data engineering project and that's when we when we met. So she was able to pivot essentially. Yeah, she, she pivoted, she made this pivot. Mm. And I think that's actually rich of um, diverse experience and that brings a lot to your career. Mm. Definitely, my if I look at my previous experience in the restaurant industry, I learned so much and that's helping me today to go through the tough times that I was mentioning mm. before. Mm. Like, in restaurants, you know that you have to work hard. You work sometimes, like I was starting at 6 a.m. and I was working till midnight and, and even later. Mm, that mm. happens a lot. It's um, a very demanding job to Definitely, yeah. definitely. And you know, in this industry, you've got your clients just in front of you and they want to eat. So you need yeah. to, <laughs> to bring them some quality food at mm. the right time and that's very, very um, challenging as yeah. a job, very demanding. So yeah, I learned a lot and I think lots of candidates, when they've got a different career, uh, they, learned, they learned a lot about another job, mm. another industry, and that they can bring these qualities into um, their current uh, job or in their current industry. Totally, I mean, I've interviewed some of them on the podcast, Mohammed uh, El Tebi, came from food technology into data science 15, 20 years ago. Uh, David Scott came from call centre management into data I mean, over a period of time. Uh, who else was telling me something else that they started out of? A couple of, quite a number of our, the people I've interviewed um, for the podcast have basically pivoted from one career into another. Um, and it's still happening. I've got, uh, I had a friend last week come and talk to me. He's been... Uh, in actuarial stuff in a major bank for 20 years and he's like I think I'd like to be a data scientist can you talk to me about what that is I'm like well I'm not a data scientist <laughs> but I can tell you what I know um, and he was like I think I need to, that that's the next pivot is to move into data science um, and Chris Carr who uh, is in uh, analytics the analytics space as he calls it in a major bank I interviewed him last week and uh, his podcast will be up by the time this one is and he was talking about if he were to start from scratch and build an analytic capability right now, he wouldn't start with analysts. He'd start with business people who had the potential to understand analytics. Mm. So he'd be pivoting people out of business into data because a lot of the what is the thinking and the understanding, what's the problem we've got here? Yeah. So pivoting mm, is, not, um, mm. is not uncommon. So Definitely yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And I know like some very innovative companies they are also interested actually in this uh, kind of mixed career because that's I think that's where the innovation comes mm -hmm. from because you can get 
ideas coming from a very different background and that will bring like that will break down an industry yeah exactly that's totally where the innovation comes from mm. so what what questions have i not asked that you'd like to answer um <laughs> i think my specialty is recruitment mm-hmm. um and yeah one of your questions was what makes a good data oh, yes i always or, ask that question yeah. please tell me what you think so obviously this is a tech market mm-hmm. so as a recruiter the first screening will be around the technology so that's yeah. what i'm going if to look not, at if you do, if you can't count you're not in yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah definitely uh, so that's a key thing but what i hear from a lot of clients mm-hmm. when i'm asking for their requirements for what they are looking for mm-hmm. what they say is i hear many things like i want someone who can speak yes someone who I can enjoy having a conversation with. Ah, that yeah, that's a hard, <laughs> and I don't think they even know that that's important. And yet, the number of managers is to me, oh, it's just such a pleasure to work with, insert name here. Yeah. I want 10 of them on my team. Yeah. That's, that's a funny thing because yeah. you wouldn't necessarily think about that, but this is quite basic. Like, I remember yeah. this manager saying, I just want to to have someone I can enjoy a conversation with. And mm. that's basic, yeah, definitely. But at the end of the day, people, I think, in this market are not recruiting for technology skills only. No. They are recruiting for soft skills. And that's what you mentioned about mm. pivoting, getting business people more involved in the data space. Mm like upgrade them in terms of technical skills because they understand the business issues. Mm -hmm. They understand the business issues that the company is addressing. And that's a key thing. Like the soft skills Mm -hmm. are so important. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, the the second thing was about the business. Um, Like I, I hear so many managers saying, I want someone who can understand the business issue. Yeah. If so, they can't get the context, yeah. then, then they can't know what problem is. Yeah, solved. definitely. So, obviously, the technology is important, but at the end of the day, you can teach new technology to people, yeah. but teaching them soft skills, that's your it's speciality. Hard. That's my and specialty. It's super hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> you can't turn someone who doesn't like people into someone who likes people. Yeah. So, part yeah. of it is the, the, even the raw soft skills of they like people. Is a, is a is a thing you can recruit to, even if they haven't got the ability to say no but make it sound nice, um, or they haven't got the ability to ask questions to get to the root of the problem. You can teach those things, but you can't teach them to like people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Definitely. there's some there's almost like some base foundational things, but I think most people like people. <laughs> that's a philosophical it's a philosophical discussion. question exactly. <laughs> yeah definitely definitely are there any other kind of lacune in in the thing is there, are there things you're looking for that people haven't got yet or that you're seeing a scarcity of in terms of technical, terms of skills, technical skills, soft or, skills or soft skills yes yeah, so or just generally as skills of the data analytics scientists 
etc. Yeah, I think the major issue is um, what I just mentioned about soft skills because yeah, yeah. you can find very strong technical people in this market, mm -hmm. people passionate about developing advanced uh, analytics models, mm -hmm. passionate about just building a website, for instance, mm -hmm. um, and make it like optimized, efficient. Mm -hmm. But this soft skills side of things is like is the thing I'm struggling to find. Yeah. And the clients are actually calling me to find this yeah. because they are struggling as well. So that's a key thing. And as a recruiter, um, I think that's the my biggest challenge mm -hmm. and what I'm enjoying doing, which is challenging people on what they've done, explaining a bit about how they interact with people, mm -hmm. how they approach a business issue, um, how they come up with solutions, uh, if they've done some personal studies, if they look at new technologies on their personal time, if they are passionate about something mm -hmm. in particular. Um, and that's how I end up finding these unicorns. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Glenn Bell, who I interviewed just last week, uh, he was talking about, I'm looking for people who don't sleepwalk through life. <laughs> yeah, that's and, totally true. And there's a consistent pattern in the people that I've asked because obviously I'm asking the question, you know, how do you make it, what's a good data analyst all the way through? Mm. Um, and there is a consistent pattern, as you were saying, of uh, I kind of want to know that these people are going to go and find something out, that they're going to ask a client, they're going to they're gonna under, try and understand the, the situation rather than just answering the question based on a brief or a spec that where they've never spoken to a client that mm -hmm. just can't work because mm -hmm. the client doesn't even know what they want most of the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to say? Mm, no, not necessarily. No. What's your favourite charity? Um, I think my favourite charity is um, UNICEF. Okay. And, yeah. and why? Um, we didn't choose to be born where we were born. Mm -hmm. um, and like we don't choose this we don't choose these kind of things. So for me it's fundamental to to get the highest chances to succeed in life. Um, look after the kids. Look after the kids. Like growing in a safe environment, mm. education is super important and I think yeah, this kind of organization which is looking after these uh, children, mm. um, helping them to meet the basic needs, helping them with education, that brings mm. them the basics and that's so key for me, mm. yeah, definitely. Um, so now you've come from France. Yeah. Which part of France? Normandy. Normandy, okay. And do you go home frequently? About once a year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Winter or summer? Um, so I did um, winter last time. Mm -hmm. 
but I kind of regret it for yeah, the bad weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, so next time I go to like in summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difficulty is that's often a very peak period because it's end of financial year here and so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to be there every summer. And look, I asked Chris, we had, uh, Chris, I had Christina um, Igasto, who's from Sweden. I asked her about what her perceptions were of the differences or strange things about Australians. So have you got any? What's your What's your impression? It's been two years. Ooh. Um, it's been two years. What um, what did we do well or weirdly um, or badly, if you like, compared to your experience at, yeah. in um, Europe? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I like this question as well. <laughs> um, A question without notice, but yes. I think... The first thing I really enjoyed about Australia, uh, apart from the weather, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, is people. Because here in Australia, it's all about relationship. Mm-hmm. It's all about when you work and want to grow your business. It's all about meeting people, having a coffee with them. And whereas when I was back in Europe um, and I started recruitment in Europe, it was all about transaction to such a transactional market you know i almost never met any clients back in europe really i met them after placing people with yes. them whereas here it's going to be difficult to place candidates without meeting your client because yeah as i said people are very uh, very appreciate like meeting with the people they work with and at the end of the day that's something I really enjoy because that's how you can understand better what they are after Mm. um, their business challenges etc so to that's that's a way I I will I'm able to to provide a better Mm. quality service Uh, so that's something that I I realized when I arrived here Mm. um, in Australia Um, another thing is that it's a tiny market. Yes. If you look at the population, it's about 24 million, I believe, mm-hmm. in Australia. In Europe, it's so much bigger. Oh, so much bigger. And yeah. I mean, just, you know, Paris has probably got almost as many people in it as we have, or greater Paris, yeah. as we have in our entire country. Yeah. <laughs> so that's also why I believe people like meeting each other because it's a small world everyone yeah. knows each other here it's a village to a certain extent it is, yeah it is kind of a village um, definitely yeah yeah and certainly in the data analytics space that's true because despite what LinkedIn tells us which was linked, I keep saying this uh there's 250,000 people say that they are data analytics people on LinkedIn, but yeah. that doesn't make any sense. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one person in 48 is a data analyst. I don't think so. Yeah, definitely. Like even data scientists, like everyone is so much trendy that everyone is like, oh, I'm a data scientist. But yeah. That's, that's also my work to differentiate the real data scientists um, compared to the the ones that are more aspiring uh, data scientists. Yes, yeah. I I did actually have a client. I was having lunch with a client who told me she was a data analyst. I'm like, really? I've known you for years. How come you're a data analyst? Oh, I use <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, data is everywhere. Okay, <laughs> all right. I don't think what you I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> mm. So yeah. Anything else you want to say? Anything? 
any words to the wise, any wisdoms or lessons? <laughs> I think I spoke about resilience. Um, I spoke about um, mm. accepting failures. Mm. And these are things that are really important to me at the moment. I'm learning a lot around mm. that, actually. I'm focusing on uh, learning, how, like, listening to TED Talks, mm -hmm. listening to motivational uh, speeches. You've got a favorite TED Talk? Uh, Something you've seen no, recently not necessarily. I, I like, like some um, people like Tony Robbins, obviously, um, and lots of, I'm listening to a lot of uh, motivational speeches and mm -hmm. yeah, that's something I, I really enjoy doing and that's, that's helping me mm -hmm. on a daily basis to because just... it keeps you resilient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It keeps you going. Think, yeah, that's one of the key things that I'm, I'm currently uh, living with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every totally. day on my bike, I'm listening to some new stuff and yeah. Have you got favorite it. podcasts or favorite... Um, speakers that you like to listen to yeah as i mentioned like tony robbins yeah. is definitely a, a key one um other yeah apart from that i, I listen to a, a lot of um tech talks mm -hmm. a lot of variety of different things so not necessarily one specific Good. yeah well thank you for taking the time not only to come and speak to me but to have thought about it in advance so that we're getting <laughs> the true you thank you jeremy it's been wonderful and we will um maybe do it again in yeah, six months and see what's so changed thanks well, that was a good experience <laughs> <laughs>